Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Chosen Chronicles. FTW's hottest podcast and its host, Connell Gardner, is about to take you behind the scenes of the FTW's biggest stars. Get ready, listeners, because here he is, FTW's chosen one, CPG himself, Connell Gardner. One. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the seventh ever episode of the Chosen Chronicles. Today, my guest is one, well, let me just say, he's our current FTW champion. He's one-time champion. He's the winner of the 2020 FTW draft as he has the best WWE predictions. He is a two-time FTW 24-7 champion. And, well... Some may say that's all he's done, but in my book, that's a pretty good list of accolades. He's only ever been with FTW. He will only ever stay with FTW. Lady and gentlemen of the FTW and beyond universe, because I hear people from the BWO and much others are listening now as well, which I'm very, very glad at. My guest today is Dead X, Devon Torres. Devon, how are you, my friend? Doing great, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm quite good. Cannot complain. Thank you very much for joining me on the Chosen Chronicles, episode seven. No problem. I've, I've been wanting to do this. I've heard all the other ones you did, and I thought they'd be really fun. I wanted to be on the first one, but I had to take a little bit of a wait and see to see how, how the first one went first. Yeah, well, that was always my panic, too. I always got I got scared at the start, um, whether or not it would take off, and I'm, I'm I'm glad we've hit seven episodes, so I think I must be doing something right. <laughs> I like them so far. You're doing a good job. So let's get started um, basically with this. How did you get started in FTW or prediction sport? So FTW is the only predictions place I've been a part of, and it will be the only one I will be a part of because I'm going to start my actual training. But when I got into ftw i believe um i was on a like a nerd page or something like that like a group um a, a group that byron was also on or something and he commented on some post um about like wrestling fans or something and i kind of indulged in it and commented back and then i think if i remember correctly he shot me a dm and told me about ftw and if i wanted to join and i said sure i'll give it a shot you know it's really hard to uh you might know, like sometimes it's really hard to find wrestling friends. You know what I mean? So when I, when one came to me and fell in my lap, I said, hell yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I know from home, like obviously now I'm in university, I'm living in a different uh, city from I'm normally living out of them in England now, but trying to find people that like wrestling is very, very a few and far between. Like I have a group of about eight or nine mates at home in Ireland and not one of them would even look anywhere near it and it's it is hard to find it so when you do get somebody like byron coming to you and being like look i've got this group of guys who love wrestling and we're doing this would you like to join the community it, it, it it's definitely fantastic yeah it's 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 so awesome and it's it's so cool
and uh and uh you know and then you see all the cool promos everything's doing it and and then you want to do it too and it just leads to like a snowball effect of a chill situation i'll just say it's really fun <laughs> so just going on that how did the character dead x and sort of that whole dtx era or sort of ambience come around keeps happening on my end i'm sorry about that yeah no worries work away so just sort of asking how did that whole character of uh, dead x dtx come around um well so it started with um originally i just went by my normal like i have a youtube channel and for the longest time i've called myself dtx which is doesn't really mean anything it's just like my first initial last initial and then the letter x because you know i just think the letter x is cool i guess um and so the DTX thing was just like the name of my YouTube channel and stuff. So I just went by that. And then slowly and slowly, as I got more comfortable with FTW, I started wanting to practice um, my heel promo a little bit more because I, I, I see an FTW as a perfect opportunity for me to kind of loosen up and practice promos for when I'm actually training, you know, to do actual wrestling. And um, so when I was, you know, eventually the DTX thing, as I started loosening up, it started, as I started practicing heel promo, I slowly started getting into that dead X thing. And then that's when I just full on just changed my name and everything. And yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Cause you've took us the same sort of approach as I have, because mm -hmm. like I've explained probably many times and you've heard it, the CPG stands for my name. So yeah. that's the way it works. So I love when people do have that initiative, like yourself, Devon Torres, DT, and then your favorite letter X at the end. It's just, it just adds that bit of realism to it and makes that character feel more at home. Yeah. But you've mentioned it a few times already, and this is one of the things I really wanted to get into because I heard a, a whisper the other day from, from the Mad King, Trey Marquise, Byron Hinton, that mm -hmm. you were looking to get into training. So is that something that you've always wanted to do but never had the opportunity? Or is it something relatively new that's coming to your head and you've just been told you can do it, so you've been thinking, let's go if I can? It, it's, it's, something, it's something I've always wanted to do because if, if, like, to give a little bit of backstory, like, ever since I seen pro wrestling, it was one of those things where it's like, I want to do that. You know what I mean? I want to do that. That is so cool. And I, I come from a bit of like troubled youth, like my family's, you know, a bit freaking crazy sometimes. And so wrestling was my only escape. You know, it was the only thing I had to get away from the drama and the BS and all that. And, uh, you know, I just always said I wanted to be a wrestler. And, you know, I'm, now that I'm old enough to do it, I'm, you know, I'm shooting for it. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, yeah that's but, everybody's dream everybody in this group has a, mm -hmm. it has aspired to be a professional wrestler at one stage whether it be sort of the likes of Haywood who who had who had wanted to do it but now is too old and potentially mm -hmm. like he can't anymore Tyson Holly Adam he he had trained and then through uh, insurance and stuff like that he couldn't anymore with myself I've done bits and pieces but have always valued my other careers in sport before pro yeah. wrestling and now that they've sort of finished hopefully 
I might um, I might take a few bumps and hope for the best, but uh, God knows. Yeah, well, like with my with my situation, it's kind of like um, I don't really have much to lose. You know what I mean? Like uh, like uh, like with you, you said you have other interests that you prioritize, and with Hayward, he's a little bit older and he has his family, you know, and and with Tyson, you know, his you know the insurance stuff and all that stuff. But I have my insurance up to date. And I have the money to do it. I don't really have anything else holding me down to do it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I've, like, already been, I've already been doing some training. I've already taken my, my uh, what do you call it? Like the. Uh, the first bump. Yeah. I've already done all that and the uh, initiation kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And all I have to do is go in there when I'm done saving up because I want to save up the full amount to pay it all at once, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and once I'm done doing that, then I'll actually go in there and actually start doing the weekly classes. Fantastic. So have you thought, are you going to take the dead X, DTX char- like character and sort of persona into real life? And if so, what's, what's the sort of entrance theme or entrance in mind for dead X, DTX or the character that you want to portray? So in terms of the actual like the bits and pieces of the dead x character 100 because i love the idea of this very kind of arrogant uh heel kind of character that has a chip on his shoulder because that's how i feel in real life you know i have a chip on my shoulder obviously in real life i'm not you know i'm not actually as much of an asshole as i am as dead x but um I just see being a heel as you, you can do so much more fun stuff as a heel than you can as a baby face. And um, I always envisioned this character and I've had it just stuck in my head for the longest time, but this like cult leader kind of character and like, kind of like a Charles Manson type where you, he's very charismatic and that's how he draws people in, even though he's a very evil man, like, Anytime you watch him, you can't help but take your eyes off. You know what I mean? And that's the kind that's, of approach. Yeah, that, that kind of sounds familiar in a, char- a few characters we have in FTW yeah. with that mm-hmm. er- like ego, charismatic. Mm-hmm. And that, that sort of brings me a wee bit because there's a certain player called Trey Marquise. Yeah. Byron Hinton. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to Byron. And uh, basically when we had this conversation, he referred to you as his prediction son. Oh, wow. Really? And he said that I'm his prediction stepson, but you're his prediction son. And no matter what we do, it's not really going to be wrong. So I just wanted to ask you about your relationship with Byron. Like, is it, is it one of these ones where he's constantly are in communication? Is it just strictly sort of work or anything like that? I think me and Byron are, are pretty close. We don't like, we don't text. We're not like on a daily texting, you know, thing or anything, but um, I've run him ideas and he's loved every single one of them. And, you know, we, you know, in the group chats, we're always, you know, laughing and talking about stuff and, uh, I didn't know I didn't know that he thought so highly of me to call call me his prediction son. So I really appreciate that, Byron. Um, yeah, well, I'd like to think I see him I see him as like a father figure in in a way in in this league. You know what I mean? Um, 
I, I really did aspire to, you know, do great work because of how, how, what's the word I'm looking for? How, how he was giving me praise, you know, and I just wanted to keep doing better and better to, you know, to make him be proud. proud. Yeah, there yeah. you go. To make him proud and to make everybody else in FTW proud. Cause as I kept going, my promos weren't that great, but as I kept getting better, I got nothing but praise from everybody, which is, you know, I love that. And that's, what's kept making me better and better. Cause I know even if I mess up in front of the FTW family, that nobody's going to be like, ah, that sucked. You know what I mean? They're just going to give me positive feedback and I love it. And even at that, if it does, if any of our promos suck, you know, you're not going to get that was shit. That's yeah. it. What you'll get is maybe someone like me, Haywood, Ravencroft, Byron, text you and be like, hey, that was good. But if you do this, you'll be a star or it'll, mm-hmm. it'll bounce. We'll never, pardon me, none of us will ever say that was horrible. But we'll give you, we'll like, we'll try and give little tips here, there, and everywhere to try and make every player better. And I think that's one of the things Byron has in his arsenal is man management mm-hmm. where, where he's got a working relationship with us all, but he's also got a personal relationship with us all as well to the yeah. point where if we do something or if we're having a bad day, we can text Byron, shoot him a few ideas and he'll know whether we are in the right mindset or not, or he won't be afraid to say, mom, we're not going to try this, but we'll take aspects of this and move it into that. And I think that's what sort of makes him, yeah. Uh, such a good boss and such and like I, I keep referring to it I told him it's like a job um it's a fun job and that's I think that's the way everybody in the FCW universe and BWO universe should treat it because it's one of the best things we could ever do yeah I love it it's like an awesome uh you said a job but you know it's like it is a job but it's like just like the one of like the awesomest side hobbies you know what I mean like a it's really fun. It's just uh, lots of words. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's FTW it's a community. Is cool. Yeah, and it's in in over a short amount of time, we've just become from being a bunch of strangers to being like a tight knit kind of family, just like everybody says, the FTW family. You know, and I, in terms of Byron and a bunch of other people, I really feel that. You know, and that, like that's what I've been saying to Byron for a very long time is the fact that how we've all together been this sort of thing where we went from some like some of us just not talking and like when I it's certainly when I first joined in about January time where there was maybe three or four written promos every month or every week and just something wasn't happening there was just no communication with everybody and don't get me wrong there was the group chat and stuff like that but character wise there was just barely any sort of video promos or anything like that and Mm -hmm. then I think sort of we all upped our game a wee bit and I think that's fantastic what about yourself we've seen written promos and whatever else would you like to venture more into sort of the editing side or the video promos in FTW is it like would you prefer to do them face to face over like or well over zoom or would you like prefer to sort of just write them out Uh, I actually, I actually like all of my, um, I like doing the video promos more than I like doing the text ones. Cause, uh, like I, like I said earlier, um, doing the video promos is like the perfect practice for me getting ready for 
actually doing real promos you know what i mean like in an actual like pro wrestling and practicing my the way the words come out of my mouth is important because sometimes i get stuck on a word or sometimes i stutter you know and it's really important to kind of like figure that side of it out rather than typing it out for me but even the ones i have typed out i really like those ones too like when i type out like the match promos of like a match you know like a fantasy match that happened or but i i really prefer the the video ones yeah i think when you're doing the written promo you can envision it in your head especially see if you're a pro wrestling fan you know the names and moves you know the different sequences that you would do Mm-hmm. But there's just something about video promos that just makes it real. Yeah. That you, yeah. that you just feel like you're in that era of your character. You're in that sort of presence. And you yeah. turn from Devon Torres to DTX. I turned from Connell Gardner to the Chosen One CPG in a mm-hmm. matter of a button press. Yeah. So just going like that, do you write out, like, do you have notes for promos or do you just go off the cuff? Most of the time, what I do is just all off the cuff. Um, maybe before before um, I hit the you know the start button, I will kind of I'll think up a couple like one liners, or I'll kind of think up the main gist of what I'm gonna say. But I don't I haven't so far I haven't written anything down or anything like that. I've only you know I've only said it all you know what I had already kind of planned in my head and then just said it. Or what just randomly, you know, what just spur of the moment comes out, you know. I think that's fantastic as well because I'm mainly like that. But the best thing about being like that is the fact that if anyone comments or if, like, you see something happen or you stumble on a word, you can just – you find a way to adapt. You find a way to make it better. So even yeah. even if, like, if you're writing it out and something doesn't feel right, you delete it. But if you're live and you make – and you fuck up, there's nothing you can do to change that unless you adapt. Yeah. And I think that's the best way about doing video promos is the fact that if you're in a ring, if me and you were in a ring facing each other and I made a mistake, you're going to capitalize on that. Or unless I adapt and be like, yeah, I meant to do that. Or yeah, I meant to say that. What's up? You know, that sort of way. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's like, that's the thing I was kind of saying that it's like, it's like promo practice for me in the sense that it's yeah like that's how it would be in real life if I was in the ring cutting a promo or something like that if I if I messed up on something the crowd would you know the crowd would pull me out on it or the guy I'm cutting a promo on would call me out on it or you know if I was doing it to my trainers they would nitpick on it so it's perfect practice and like a perfect example of that I think on my last written promo where I I cut my promo on you know my FTW championship kind of like talking you know celebrating myself kind of in my promo and uh like literally a couple hours later um ddp the doo-doo pooper man he mm. made a promo bouncing right off of mine and bouncing off of some of the small mistakes i made and that was freaking awesome that he did that and i love that he did that because that just shows how great he is at hitting back with a promo you know what i mean and i i, I loved it when he you know he bounced off of it like that. Going into FTW and I, and you've mentioned DDP, and I, I fucking love how everybody abbreviates his name to DDP. But yeah. it's one of, within FTW itself, right? I've mentioned in the, or the introduction that you're our champion. You're the mm-hmm. champion now of the US brand after the brand split. 
How does that feel? Because surely that's a big high. It is. It, um, if you just looked at the, uh, it was Hell in a Cell was the pay-per-view, right? That was the last pay-per-view. If you just look at the FTW group chat, you'll know how much of a how much of a high it was for me. I literally won by one point, and it was euphoric because I didn't even know I won. I thought I lost. I thought I lost, and then Byron had texted me. He said, "Check again," and I checked again, and I literally shouted to the rooftops because my whole entire FTW arc has been I I get high, I get close, like when I. When I had my world championship match against Raheem the Dream, I get so close and then it pulls, it gets yanked away from me. I get so close and it gets yanked away from me. Same thing with the IC title, same thing with the 24-7 title when I debuted. And finally, you know, that cycle has has come to an end because finally, you know, I guess I I would call myself FTW's ultimate opportunist, I guess. <laughs> because I've 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 had so many chances and finally, you know. It was it was a big moment because I failed so many times and finally you know I got there. But that just shows the I'm looking at a word but I can't think of it. It just shows the, like the fact that you're not going to give up the resilience. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for of prediction sport. Like no mm-hmm. matter how many times we got knocked on, everybody will get up. Knocked on seven, get up eight. And I think that's fantastic that you said that you went for the IC. You didn't get it. You went for the FTW. You didn't get it. 24-7, you didn't. And now this time, because you reached, finally got the other FTW championship, just how much it means to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows what impact FTW has on our lives. If we can sit and predict the winners of an AEW Impact and WWE show for imaginary belts, let's yeah. be realistic. Yeah. Yeah, and we still scream the place down mm-hmm. when we win. If yeah. we win a championship match, we treat it like there's a belt on our shoulder, and mm-hmm. I think that is the most fantastic thing about the group itself. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 just it's crazy how much you just get invested. You know what I mean? After you know, it's 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 yeah. It's like you said. It's a, it's like you won a real accomplishment, even though like if we're you know if we're actually shooting the shit, you know, it's, it's all nothing. You didn't win anything. You know what I mean? But just the feeling of actually, like for me, the feeling of that was my entire arc. And Byron even texted me after I won and he said, so the cycle's complete now. And I was really, just really happy, you know, and it's just so weird that, you know, you fight over something that's pretty much imaginary and it just gives you so much joy. You know what I mean? It just, it just shows you FTW as a whole because I'm pretty sure the minute you won that belt, the congratulations you got within that group chat um, from everybody or the text that you got congratulating you saying, look, you finally did it well done. We're proud, but watch your back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's crazy because from at least from what I remember, just thinking back, I don't think – when I won the championship in the group chat, I think, I don't think I've seen anybody else when they won the FTW championship. I don't think anybody else got that many congratulations that I did. And, and, you know, I think that's because everybody has seen the arc, you know, seen my arc where I get there, fail, get there, fail. And finally everybody was hopefully able to celebrate with me. Cause you know, it felt like it was like a Shawn Michaels moment, you know, boyhood dream kind of stuff. Yeslemania kind of stuff. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. And it's, you know what, I can see in your face just how proud you are to be the FTW champion. And to be honest, I probably shouldn't be talking to you as the commissioner of FTW UK. And I apologize that we couldn't nab you because you were undrafted because you were the FTW champion, which the, that championship was staying on the US brand. But mm-hmm. the U, let me tell you, the UK would have loved to have someone like DTX on our side because as, as you said, or as I said, you're resilient. We saw that time after time. And it's just fantastic being in there. And the whole point of this brand split was to give people the opportunity to, there's 90 players. Mm-hmm. We're going to overlook people. It's, it's yeah. inevitable. So the whole point of this brand split was for people, or for us, to see people that are maybe hiding behind the scenes because they're afraid to sort of come out in the limelight with 90 people watching. Yeah. So from the FTW champion standpoint, can you name me just a couple of players that have caught your eye over the last couple of weeks? Um, whether it's been for video promos, promos themselves, or even just some of the match results. Some of the guys that I'm really impressed with their stuff, other than the big players like Hayward or yourself or um, – you know, like I love the written promos from DC Richardson. I love Tyson, everything Tyson Holly does. But in terms of some of the newer people, I I, I can't state how much uh, Doodoo Pooperman stuff um, is just so great. And it's perfect comedy, but it's also just amazing, you know, pro wrestling at its finest. And I love, he's not that new, but I really love the stuff that the Dark Stalker was doing with, uh, you know, the masks and all that stuff and the heavy editing. But other than that, um, I can't really think of anybody else at the top of my head at the moment, but but those ones really stand out to me. Like we said earlier, DDP has got one of these things where he comes out, and even with the Filipino Beast, them two are absolutely fantastic. There was a there was yeah. a promo video. I don't know if it was lost somewhere in FT. It, it's definitely somewhere in the FTW archive mm-hmm. of DDP and the Filipino Beast in the same. I think I think they were in the same room doing a promo together. I'm nearly sure, and it was mm-hmm. a comedy gold. Um, sure. the level of comedy that some characters have is fantastic within FTW. But then there's more serious characters like myself, Haywood, uh, Ravencroft, Byron yourself mm-hmm. but then again then there's the sort of ones that are silly like yeah. the tweeners they're, they're silly but they're serious and i think mm-hmm. pulling off a character like that over a facebook live is ballsy yeah and honestly like with ddp you know um to me that screen how talented he actually is that he went with a whole different thing rather than kind of doing the same thing that maybe other people might be doing like that serious, you know, kind of character, like how, like you said, all of us are doing. Um, He went a whole different thing and kind of, you know, started making a niche for himself, you know, and that's just going to lead to comedy golden in of itself, you know, Uh, especially with DDP. It'll take exactly. Oh yeah. 100%. And I think that's what I'm like, in that sort of area, it allows us to be a wee bit less serious as well. Because you yeah. know that if we were in a promo battle with DDP, he's going to say or something or he's going to do something and we're going to break. We're going to laugh mm-hmm. and we're going to 
our characters are going to be that sort of thing where, oh shit, he is human. He's not that yeah. arrogant asshole. Yeah. He can laugh at funny stuff. Mm-hmm. But you said earlier on something and it really sort of caught my attention. You said it's a lot more fun for you working as a heel because you can sort of get away with whatever you want compared to working as a face. Yeah. So I take it your character whenever you debut after training will be a heel character. Um, so I have the, the kind of like the idea I was thinking is um, depending on what my trainers say, because even though I want to be a heel, sometimes, you know, they might see something different and maybe sometimes they might on their show because my wrestling school here, they also run their own events. So if they need me to be a baby face, that's what I have to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've always had the awesome idea, like storylines that always have stuck out to me in wrestling is a big dramatic turn. Those are the ones that always like the biggest example I can give you right now off the top of my head is, is Gargano and Ciampa. When Ciampa turned on Gargano, it was the coolest thing ever because it was just like, holy shit. You know what I mean? And that's what one of the ideas I had when wanting to wrestle is, is maybe starting as a baby face and having somebody that's like my best friend. And then I take one of those drastic turns to the dark side. You know what I mean? Um, but predominantly going, you know, I, I, I most of the time see myself as a heel because it allows me to let out that more cocky nature that I, you know, that more arrogance that I can show and, it gives you just a lot more material to work with, in my opinion. And as a heel, you can do more dastardly things, you know, and you can do, it's just a lot more fun. You can just like say whatever you want in promos. But when you're a baby face, you know, you have to play toward that crowd. You need to do what that crowd wants you to do. That's why nowadays that, a lot of people boo baby faces more than they boo the heels. Because especially, and we'll take the Miz approach on that, because the Miz has been one of the people over the last 10 years as like predominantly been a heel and when i mention the name miz the first thing you think of is i don't give a shit sort of one of them ones that the the whole arena could be booing him just because he's out there but at the same time we all love him yeah yeah the whole wrestling fan sort of thing now has changed where 60 or well i'm not gonna go 60 60 is way too far 30, 40 years ago, people mm-hmm. were cheering for baby faces like Hulk Hogan, Warrior, Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Now, people are cheering for the likes of Roman Reigns, uh, Seth Rollins, Miz, anybody in that sort of area that just, because they get it, I think yeah. more heel characters now are more relatable because I know myself when I'm a heel, I say whatever I want. And I'd be a dick. Mm-hmm. I, I humanize it. But if I'm a baby face and I'm sitting going, oh, yeah, welcome to such and such. We are doing this tonight. And I use no swear words. Yeah. And you're it's like, not what the- say? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck happened, CPG? Six months ago, we was putting yeah. Hay- Haywood in a wheelchair. And now he's just come out and he's like, oh, let's get a cheer. It's, like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah. But and it's we, just yeah, like, when you're a heel, it's just you can relate to them so much more because you just want to see people do cool shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you see a baby face just being like, haha, smiling all the time, like 
one of the things that one of the ones I'll point to immediately, and I, I'm pretty sure you'll get this one too, is when they brought Bobby Roode up from NXT and they had him just stand there as a smiling fucking baby face. That like, like, come the fuck on. Like, or then they do that with so many people. Like when they had Finn come up to the main roster, Finn had some edge to him. But then they just make Finn the smiling guy. You know what I mean? And this the smiling guy that stands straight and takes all those photos with his shoulders yeah. button, the arms by his side. But it's it's just it's fucking it's draining. It's really draining to see someone like Bobby Roode become Robert Roode. Yeah. Fuck that shit. That, Get glorious like, on. Get him standing in his Ric Flair esque robe, standing there waving his arms, getting the crowd to sing his theme tune because that is what he's best at doing. He is best at being an asshole. Let him be an asshole. Yeah, that's like that's one of the things with WWE is they just. They just don't see how to treat most people nowadays um, in terms of character and shit like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> just to go in on that, what was your thoughts on the Samoa Joe release and then the rehiring a few days later because Hunter wanted him back? Well, I'm glad I'm glad that when he got rehired that it was Hunter who did it because Hunter understands Samoa Joe. Um, and he brought him back to NXT, and immediately on NXT, you've seen the old Samoa Joe again. You've seen vicious, mean Samoa Joe choke out Adam Cole. Um, it sucks that they released him because, you know, they maybe seen him as, like, injury-prone or something like that, or they took him off commentary and didn't have nothing else for him, but that's really frustrating because a guy like Samoa Joe, that guy should be a world-fucking champion. That dude right there, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is one of those dudes I have on my list that I want to get in the ring someday. You know, I want I want Samoa Joe to put me in that Kokita clutch one day, you know. So, Hunter, you've heard it here if you listen every week, because I know you do. NXT TakeOver, main event, DeadX, well, we'll call you DeadX for the sake of this, versus Samoa Joe in the last man standing match for the NXT Championship. Right here, you heard it first. If it ever happens, you got to call me, Devon. I've got the chosen one CPG. <laughs> has got to either be sitting ringside or he's got to be your manager for that match. Make me that promise right now. Hell yeah, book it. Book it now. <laughs> Listen, boys, book it. Now. Oh, yeah, and send me one of those <laughs> downside guarantee contracts while you're at it. Oh, yeah. It'd be oh, wishful thinking. But it'd be like, in a, two months. <laughs> uh, I would say something wrong. I would go to Vince and just be like, fuck, are you still here? But like, yeah. I thought you retired 20 years ago. But um, I, like, um, I only kid. In a cocky way, I kind of feel like if I ever met Vince, because from, from all accounts, you hear Vince, and, and he kind of likes it when people you know, stand up for themselves. And I'm totally that kind of guy. So I don't know if, if I ever meet Vince McMahon. I don't know if he's going to hate, really hate me or really love me, but I'm going to be one of those dudes that's going to be in his office fucking 40 times a week. Like, hey, I got an idea. Stop being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, because my approach to Vince would be like, at the end, if he like goes to me, we're changing your name. I'd be like, why? I I think too many guys because he's Vince and because he's had. I don't care who listens to this because if it does explode and I end up getting called out for this, it's funny. But Vince is one of these guys that seems to be like, he's got that presence. He's got that aura. So when you go into his office, we can say this now. Like, it's easy, okay, saying this on the Chosen Chronicles. But when we're faced with that, maybe we wouldn't do the same thing. But yeah, in being, a, being in a meeting with Vince, 
and he said, we're going to do this, this, and this. My question would be why? And if mm-hmm. he can't give me a reasonable explanation on how we're going to boost viewership or how we're going to boost me as a brand, I'll just tell him no. Because it's one of these ones where we saw in recent weeks Nikki Cross being the superhero instead of going from the ins- like crazy bitch in sanity with Killy and Dan and them sort of guys to being a fucking hurricane helms wannabe. Yeah. And there's there's nothing too much wrong with, you know, them doing different shit with different people. But the the thing of like I kind of agree with you is the sense of like give us a reason why and give us a hook with it, you know? Like why should we be doing this? Why should Bobby Roode what what does he gain from coming out and smiling and not being the asshole that made him money in NXT or made him money for the past in what like thirty years of his career? You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just it's just crazy to me that the fact that people actually sit down and listen to bullshit like the revival um, FTR came out and showed the costumes that they wanted them to wear. Yeah, yeah, I see. And you look at that, and you're like, what the fuck goes through people's heads in that creative? It was totally just a burial job, and you know that. Like, and I don't understand why they, why would they want to, why do they want to taint some superstars that could make them millions? You know what I mean? Like, I can name millions of names off my head right now. A bunch of people who have been released, a bunch of people that are still there that are being misused that, you know, just small tweaks could make them, you know, thousands of dollars, let alone millions of dollars. Like, look what they do with Roman Reigns. Of course, they did that because he's the top guy, but just giving small tweaks to somebody. Like, Roman didn't have a complete character dynamic change. All they told Roman was go out there and be a little bit more of an asshole. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, give him Paul Heyman and the talk for him. Yeah, and boom, there—that's all you needed. You know what I mean? And if they had something like that for like freaking, you know, they just need to let people kind of be themselves and let them have some ideas. And you know, because you know, I don't want to say anything. I'm not trying to burn any bridges or anything. But you know, sometimes Vince can be a little out of touch. You know, I, I think slowly, and I hate saying this that WWE is going to end up to what we were in the 70s and 80s again, where, or like late 80s, early 90s, where it's the sort of superhero shit and everybody's got a job. Like, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And we're going to go back to that sort of era. But, back to Duke the Dumpster and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, but I really hope that Hunter, Steph, and Shane grow a set and be like come on like surely they look at NXT every week and be like look what we're doing here they brought back t- the million dollar man for fuck's sake and the million dollar championship that is fantastic TV between yeah. LA Knight and Cameron Grimes fantastic yeah. storytelling the vignettes alone were beautiful yeah and it's like one of those things where some people might say that NXT is just the wrestling show but you can tell that Hunter, and Hunter, you know, and, and his crew in NXT, they know how to tell those stories as well and make characters as well. But look at who's on that NXT backroom staff. You mm-hmm. have the road dog, Jesse James. You have Sean, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And you mm-hmm. have 
Hunter Hearst Hamsley, Triple H. Yeah. Three of the most lovable rogues in professional wrestling. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to take that. They know, re- they know more about wrestling than 90% of the world, them three. Yeah. They have two of them with, well, being Road Dogg is a six-time tag team champion, but um, as part of the New Year's Outlaws, but having Hunter, who's a 14-time champion, and Sean, who's in there as well, who is a multiple-time world champion, one of the, in my eyes, the best that ever did it, being, like, producing this show week in and week out, in my eyes, NXT is the number one WWE show. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> I agree with you there. So, we've roughly went on the Chosen Chronicles about 40-odd minutes, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it because yeah. it's a nice little conversation between two guys that have never met before. We have never spoke um, a word to each other apart from text to try and set this up. Mm-hmm. But in my eyes, it's been fantastic. Devon, I want to thank you very, very much for being part of the Chosen Chronicles. But I have one question to ask. Go on. And after what I told you earlier, you might not want to do it, but in my heart, I really would love you to as the Chosen One CPG. At the end of every FTW broadcast, we are meant to say a phrase, but because I'm the love of a rogue known as the Chosen One CPG and the commissioner of FTW UK, I have a little disdain for a certain character known as the leader of the Church of Salvation, Trey Marquise. Mm. No, I'm meant to say at the end of every podcast, the end, at the end of every video, may Trey be with you, which makes me feel so sore every time I have to say that crap. <laughs> However, if I do the intro or the ending of this show, the conclusion, can you please do me the simple favor of saying, may Trey go fuck himself? Um, may Trey go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the seventh ever episode of the Chosen Chronicles. I am absolutely adoring the fans that are turning in every weekend and watching every Saturday and Wednesday. Devon has just been on. He has been an absolute fantastic guest. I'd like to thank him very, very much. But once again, FTW, you have our hearts. We, you heard us talking earlier on. We will be here forever. We will never, never give in. And for as long as I'm here, the Chosen Chronicles will be running unless I get told off by Byron for saying, <laughs> may Trey go fuck himself. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fantastic episode. And thank you very much, Devon. But Dead X and the Chosen One, CPG, are out. Thank you very much for watching. See you all soon. The music heard at the start of this podcast was used by Upbeat.io is known as Stone Cold by all good folks.